Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome once again to Hymology. My name is Kyle Webb, and I'm happy that you've joined us for today. Hymology is a study of the hymns and songs that we often sing in our worship services, and today's hymn of study is titled, I Am Resolved, written by Palmer Hartso and James H. Fillmore. This lesson is related, at least in authorship, to a lesson that we did a couple of lessons ago, Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom, and the original words of that song though we don't sing them today, were written by Palmer Hartso. This song, however, is one that we do use his words on and is probably the most popular uh, song that we know. Also, James H. Fillmore, who wrote the music to this song, is the brother of Fred Fillmore, who wrote the words that we sing to Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom. So this song is at least intertwined with that song that we studied not too long ago. But as we begin looking at this song in particular, I Am Resolved, we find that the words were written by Palmer Hartso in 1896. Hartso was born on May 7th of 1844 in Redford, Michigan. He was the son of Wells and thankful Palmer Hartso. His father was active in the Michigan Baptist Convention. His family moved to Plymouth, Michigan in 1856, and Palmer attended Kalamazoo College and Michigan State Normal School. During his time in college, he became interested in music and eventually began teaching singing schools in rural areas. During the next 10 years, he continued teaching singing schools, traveling throughout Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. In 1877, he settled in Rock Island, Illinois, opening a music studio and serving as music director of the local Baptist church. His poetic ability attracted the attention of the Fillmore Brothers Publishing Company, and in 1893, he moved to Cincinnati, Ohio to work with them, providing texts for their music. He spent 10 years in Cincinnati, where he served as music director for the Ninth Street Baptist Church. He authored lyrics to more than a thousand hymns, a couple of which we are familiar with, Jesus is Calling, 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 and O Savior Mine. 
He also contributed the original lyrics for Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom, different from those used today. He is probably most well-known, however, for his contribution, I Am Resolved. Leaving the Fillmore Brothers firm in 1903, he became a full-time singing evangelist. In 1906, he became a Baptist minister. And in 1914, he became minister for the Baptist Church of Ontario, Michigan at the age of 70 and served there for 13 years. Upon his retirement, he returned to Plymouth, Michigan and remained there until his death in October 1932 at the age of 88. He never married, but was very close to his two sisters, writing them weekly letters for many years. The music for I Am Resolved was written by James H. Fillmore, also in 1896. James Henry Fillmore was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, June 1st, of 1849. He was the oldest son of Augustus Damon and Hannah Lockwood Fillmore, one of seven children, and brother of Frederick Augustus Fillmore, also known for his work with music. Together, he and his brother established the Fillmore Brothers Music House in 1870. The elder brother was well known as a composer and singing school teacher among the Disciples of Christ and assumed such engagements as a means of supporting the family upon his father's death in 1865. Fillmore was active among Christian churches, serving as secretary for the American Christian Missionary Society. He edited numerous hymnals, including New Christian Hymn and Tune Book from 1882 to 1887. He also had a son, Henry Fillmore, who was a noted band director and composer of marches. In his own writing, he often used the pseudonym Harold Bennett. Fillmore died in Cincinnati February 8th of 1936. Now, as we look at the song in particular, I Am Resolved, we find that the original song was written in 1896 as a delegation song for Ohio representatives at the World Endeavor Convention in San Francisco, California, in honor of its founder, Francis E. Clark. Due to its popularity, Hartzell decided to rewrite the words in hymn form, and it is the form that we know it in today. Now, as a hymn, it first appeared in the Praise Hymnal, published by Fillmore in 1896. Popular in the Churches of Christ, it is found in most of the modern hymnals that we use. In citing my sources, uh, one of my favorites is a book titled Hymns and History, an Annotated Survey of Sources by Forrest M. McCann, published in Abilene, Texas, by ACU Press in 1997, and also a good couple of websites that provide a, a great deal of information in regard to these songs, Hymn Studies Blog, 
www.wordpress.com and also hymnary.org. Now as we begin looking at the context and meaning of this song, as I mentioned a moment ago, it is mostly used as an invitation song. Sometimes otherwise, but mostly as an invitation song. Its theme is a resolution of the heart to turn away from sin, focusing on higher, nobler things, serving the true and living God, and following in His ways. We begin looking at the lyrics with stanza one. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. The world, promising pleasure, is alluring and charming to the eyes of almost anyone. Pleasure in and of in and of itself is not necessarily a sin, but it certainly can lead us into sin if we're not careful. John encourages us in his letter, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, reading from the New King James Version, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. John's encouragement is that we be not attracted to the things of the world. The pleasures they provide are passing. They do not last, whereas he who does the will of God will abide with him in eternity. We are encouraged to linger no longer in the enticement of sin, but to turn to God, desiring his pleasure and what he can provide above our own desires. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus states in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are to have this resolution that we no longer desire the things of the world, that they no longer seem as enticing as they once did for us, but that the things of God, the things that are higher and nobler, allure us much more than anything of this world, and that encourages us to remain faithful to God. Begin looking at stanza two. I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He hath the words of life. Jesus offers this great invitation for us to come to him. He offers us salvation 
and he is ultimately our savior such a resolution requires both faith and obedience remember what jesus said in in the great commission in mark 16 verses 15 and 16 go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. The song serves as an invitation to all who have never resolved or otherwise have failed in their resolution to commit themselves to Christ in obedience to his command and continued faithful obedience throughout life. He offers us his yoke as opposed to that of the world, a burden that, though often difficult, he will help us to bear. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Due to some of Jesus' teachings, many deserted him. To which his response was in John 6, beginning with verse 65. Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Later on, in preparing his disciples for his earthly departure, in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His words, his life, his death, burial, and resurrection offer to us the only way by which we may reach heaven to be with God forever. Leaving the sin and strife of this world, may we turn only to Him to supply our needs and to save our souls. No other can provide for us what Jesus has provided in His sacrifice for our sins. Stanza 3. I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth. He is the living way. As Peter and the other disciples resolved to follow Jesus, for reasons already stated, we should follow their example in following Jesus, our Savior. Remember what Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It is much the same for us. Whom else can we go to other than Jesus to supply our every need?
In Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus never promised us that that everything that we go through in life is going to be a bed of roses as Christians. But he does promise us that he will help us to bear his load. And so he encourages us to follow him. Resolving to follow Jesus means heeding his word and will, following in his own footprints. 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We are encouraged to make the resolve to follow Jesus, to follow the Savior, to follow his example to follow his teachings, to follow his will. We know that his way and his way alone provides us with life eternal. Which leads us to stanza four. I am resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, foes may beset me, still will I enter in. His kingdom is the church. The church of today will be his kingdom in eternity. And I hope that we don't confuse uh, the term, but when we talk of the kingdom, we do understand that there is an earthly kingdom in that it is in the church. Now, Jesus is not going to come back and establish an earthly kingdom, but we do find his kingdom made up of members of the church, the church that he died for, the church of Christ. And we find ourselves as part of that kingdom if we have obeyed the gospel. To enter his kingdom, we resolve ourselves to him in obedience and also faithfulness. We leave the paths of sin, choosing instead to follow in His ways and His will. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. 
We must choose to walk in the way that is narrow and difficult, but that leads to a greater reward. We may be opposed, ridiculed, or even threatened for our faith, but we are to remain always true to Him unto His promised reward, a home in heaven. That is our desire. That is our goal. And so, in resolving to enter the kingdom, again by obedience and continued faithfulness, leaving the paths of sin, a complete turnaround from where we once were, from what we once lived for, but what we would call repentance, turning away from sin unto God. We understand that sometimes that way is difficult. There are those that will oppose us. There are those that will beset us. But still, we are resolved always to enter into that kingdom. We are looking for the greater reward that is promised us in the word of God. I will hasten, hasten to him. Hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. For those who have not made such a commitment to Christ, we encourage you to su submit yourselves to God, first of all, in obedience. Obey His Word. Turn away from sin. Turn toward God and live for Him. We know that, as Peter stated in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, we must repent and be baptized for the remission, for the forgiveness of our sins, so that we might live a life that is in accordance with God's will. And so we encourage you, if you have not obeyed the gospel, to submit to Him in obedience and baptism for the remission of your sins, so that you too can make this resolution unto God that you will live ever for Him. Live your life faithfully for Him always. If we live for Him, we are promised a crown of righteousness. We are promised a great reward, greater than anything that we can imagine in this life. Here, the chorus of the song encourages us to hasten, to hasten unto Him, so glad and free. Hastening is another word for hurry. Uh, we are, are mindful that that this world will not last. This world will one day be destroyed. And I hope that we are ready. When Christ comes for us, Christ will return. And when he returns for his own, my prayer is that we are ready, that we are ready to face him, that we are ready for judgment, that we are ready to be rewarded in eternity. Hasten to him. If you have not done so already, hasten to Him today while you are still alive, while you still have breath. Hasten unto Him before it is too late. Delay not, for we do not know what tomorrow may bring. But 
we are encouraged to make this resolve. I will come to thee. Thank you for being with me today, and I hope to be with you again for another opportunity to study God's Word and to study another hymn with you. And I hope that you'll join us again, Lord willing, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. as we do just that. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being with me today. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.